With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, welcome back as we move into the noon hour. Here it's the Ken Miller Show. Trent Condon and myself take you right up until 1 o'clock. Glad you're with us. If you miss any portion of the program or want to listen to another guest again, you can go to KenMillerShow.com, click the podcast link, and there they will be. Uh, coming up, Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around the premiere, the the big games in college football, leaving out the two big games in our state as we take a look around the uh, landscape of college football. Our pick's still to come, lots to get to, but let's get back into the NFL. He's the head chief. Cheese.com. He's Dave Sinekin, covers the Green Bay Packers for us and blogs about him at theheadcheese.com. And let's bring him in. Hello, Dave Sinekin. How are you? Great, guys. Good to talk to you, as always, on a football Friday. Indeed it is good to talk to you. You know, Dave, the, both the last two road games, uh, a heartbreaker against the Rams, Patriots and, and, uh, and the Packers are tied up at 17 apiece late in that football game before it gets away. Boy, oh boy, Dave, uh, two uh, if a woulda, shouldas. You just wonder what this team's going to come out like. They're at home at Lambeau Field, but boy, oh boy, they had to uh, expend a lot uh, to keep those games and to be in those games the way they are. What kind of Packers team will we see Sunday? Yeah, that's the big question. I mean, there's obviously no shame in losing at the Rams and Patriots, but as you said, both of those games were winnable late and would have really changed their whole narrative, I think, if they had stolen one of those two because of how the season started with, you know, six pretty winnable games. They only won half of them, tied one, let a couple road games uh, go away, well, especially the Lions game. So they really removed, um, you know, any margin for error. And this is their only home game in the month of November. They had on the road four days later to play the Seahawks, then go to, to Minnesota. So it's beyond a must win. I mean, they, they need to win two of these next three games. We had talked about it leading into the Rams game, looking at that five-game stretch. I felt like Green Bay could do no worse than two and three to stay in the NFC picture. Well, now they have to go two out of three, and that means they're going to have to play a whole lot better on the road to steal one of those two road games coming up. Continued murmurs about McCarthy, and, and if this thing goes south, he could be fired. Do you see an in-season firing happening if things progress down? They played well at times against both the Rams and Patriots, so I know in some people's minds that's silly. Your thoughts on McCarthy and going forward? Yeah, I, I guess I'd be really stunned if anything happens in season. That's I can't even remember the last time Green Bay did something like that. McCarthy's been there 13 years. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been in the playoffs, I believe, 10 out of 13 years. So, no, I would be absolutely stunned if anything happened in season. Now, that said, um, this is a team that went into 2018 as a legit Super Bowl contender in the eyes of many. Uh, many preseason prognosticators shows Green Bay as kind of that maybe off-the-radar NFC team to climb back to the top with a healthy Aaron Rodgers. And right now, though they've been competitive against the Rams and Patriots, they frankly don't look like anything like a Super Bowl team, and that's really all that is acceptable when Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback. Mm-hmm. So um, barring a 6-2 and two finish, 7-1, uh, and one, which I, mean, I just don't see that happening, uh, it might be the year that they finally move on from McCarthy but, guys, uh, if it happens before the season's over, I will be completely stunned. 
Yeah, I'm with you, Dave. I don't see that happening as well. I, I also didn't see Blake Martinez coming back on the field like he did. And Packer Nation had to hold their collective breath. I mean, so many injuries. Martinez has been terrific. Trent and I got an up-close-and-personal look at him when he was uh, and his Stanford mates were running roughshod over that Hawkeye offense in the Rose Bowl a couple of years back. Blake Martinez carted off, comes back on the field. Is he okay this week, Dave? That was kind of miraculous in some ways. Yeah, he stepped on Brady's foot and really rolled that ankle. And, you know, when he came back in, it was already 31-17. And really, it felt like it was over. I don't really understand what they were doing there. They've, they've got some issues, and it really hurt them Sunday night when uh, safety Jermaine Whitehead got ejected. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've, they've followed up by cutting him, which was a real shocker to me uh, because they're so thin at safety after trading Clinton Dix. Um, when he went down... They, they really found themselves shorthanded uh, in the back seven because they really want Martinez to be the one linebacker on the field in their dime where they have six defensive backs. They had lost Kentrell Bryce early in the game, so they were down so many safeties. I feel like they almost needed uh, Martinez out there to sort of keep things uh, from getting too far away. They just have very little backup at inside linebacker and safety right now. They rolled the dice. I think they got away with it. It sounds like he's good to go for Miami. On, uh, on Sunday, but he has really become a leader on this defensive unit. While he's still not great in pass coverage, uh, he's the quarterback of that defense. He gets all the signals. He knows where everybody has to be, and he's terrific in, in run support, and uh, Green Bay's defense definitely looks a whole lot different when he's not out there. Let's uh, go to Mike Daniels, former Hawkeye, speaking to them, and uh, a guy that has been a big cog in that defense throughout the years, banged up a shoulder injury in practice this week. The latest on Daniels, and I don't know, maybe it's just me, has this play taken a step backwards this year? Feels that way. We haven't seen him quite as destructive Mm -hmm. as he's been in the past couple years, and I don't know if if Kenny Clark is stealing some of those headlines. I think Kenny Clark has emerged as maybe the best defensive player on the Green Bay's team, and maybe he's getting more notice. But, yeah, it feels like Daniels, has taken a slight step back. He's still he's not had a disappointing season, but I think a lot of people expected more from him, maybe take that jump since he got the Pro Bowl nod last year. Um, yeah, he injured his shoulder in practice. That's concerning. You know, you've got uh, starting Sunday, you'll have three games in 15 days, and so mm-hmm. it gets uh, worrisome because, yeah, you should expect to take care of the Dolphins with or without Mike Daniels on Sunday, I believe. Uh, but then you go to Seattle, and likely face a Seahawks team that will have their season on the line. I'm looking ahead. You know, they lost at home to the Chargers. They're going to likely lose in L.A. to the Rams, so I think they'll keep it close. They're usually competitive against them. Uh, Green Bay might face Seattle on a Thursday night who are coming in with two straight losses and, and feel like their season's on the line, and certainly Mike Daniels and everybody else is going to be necessary. Uh, to give the Pack a chance to win that one. Well, Packers and the, and the Dolphins playing that late window on Sunday. Uh, Packer fans will know what happened uh, in that division earlier when the uh, the Bears and the Lions collide. You got really need. I mean, so do the Vikings fans. They need the Lions to pack to pick off this first place Bears team. Dave Sinekin, we're saying that in the middle of November. Yeah, forgive me if I'm not going to count on the Lions right now. Although right. Um, I do think they'll be more competitive than they were against uh, the Vikings last week. Uh, the Bears still have two games to play against the Vikings, and they'll meet up a week from Sunday night. Uh, the schedule the last couple of weeks has been in their favor, but they've still not proven much on the road. They needed a miracle to beat Arizona. Uh, I've told you guys before, as a lifelong guy that uh, hates all things Bears, 
I, I understand they're improved. I understand they're on the rise, but they haven't proven much to me. Maybe they will next Sunday uh, against the Viking team. They usually play the Vikes pretty well at Soldier Field, uh, but I, I do expect them to take care of Detroit, get to 6-3, and three and, and still feel pretty good about themselves. One real quick one on the Timberwolves. Uh, Derrick Rose had a game the other night, another one against the uh, Lakers. Uh, when's the Butler thing going to sort itself out, Dave? What are you hearing? Is, is, are they getting any closer to some resolution here? Boy, I'd like to think so. When I saw Butler sitting on the end of the bench at Oracle the other night when the fans were all waving towels at the end of the Golden State Wolves game and, and Butler was doing it with them, yeah. that was it for me. I yep. was like, you know what, why, why is he even in uniform anymore? Um, I think conventional wisdom says that they'll get things done with him before the end of the calendar year. I don't think it's going to go all the way to the trade deadline. Now there's reports that his right hand might be bothering him a bit. And obviously, if Jimmy Butler gets hurt, before a trade is consummated, that changes everything. But it's turning into a lost season for Minnesota. And frankly, guys, after watching Duke and, and what Zion Williamson <laughs> yeah. and R.J. Barrett look like, I'm in full tank mode for this team. I'm, I'm ready to get in play for one of those two guys. That was really something on Tuesday night, no doubt about it. Thank you, Dave Sinekin. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next week in advance of that Seattle tilt. All right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, See good you later. to talk to you. Dave Sinekin, theheadcheese.com. Joining us every week uh, helps us out with the Green Bay Packers. Well, let's uh, get stay with the NFL for a couple of minutes here, Trent, mm-hmm. as we uh, work our way to Bama Bob and going around college football. Your your Bears face the Lions. Lions aren't very good. No. Nope. Um, what do you think? I don't f- feel comfortable with Mitchell Trubisky laying a touchdown. Yeah. Cold day. Mm-hmm. Get a 17-13 win. Take it. Move 2017, on. 2017, move on. Right. Yeah. Get to 6-3 and three and yes. wake the Vikings on Sunday night football. And and the weird schedule. They got Thanksgiving against the Lions again. Yeah. That quick turnaround. Right. It's, and the Lions always play. Well, I shouldn't say always. Mostly, right. most always, they're a different Lions team. Well, the one time that the nation pays attention to them. Make sure you got the split locked in. Yep. And same thing with the Vikings. Make yep. sure you at least got the split locked in. These two weeks, I think, they win both of them. Mm-hmm. We're talking about this team Going into the end of December, a I, loss in either one, we're not we're not crossing them out, but we're trending in a bad direction. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, just the fact that there's a pretty good chance with the Bears will be relevant as we move towards Christmas is something you, you can't say you've seen in a lot uh, in the last few years. All right, the schedule. Uh, the rest of the schedule. Look, we said going in that the, I thought the Thursday night game was by far the best game yeah. of the week. Stinker, you know, Pittsburgh walloped them. Is there any game that? You know, if you if you is there one game that you would you can't miss? I guess put it that way. No, I can't. I can't find one either, Trent. No, I just yeah, it, it's kind of a lot of yuck. There's a ton of yuck. Saints at that Bang- would be the one. I Saints guess. Bengals. Yeah. Do you have the TV schedule? Can you find what yeah. we're getting here locally? Yeah, I will. Because that is a that's a Fox game, so that we're not getting that. We're getting Lions and the Bears, and we should. CBS has the double dip. What are they going to? They're going to put up Arizona, Kansas City. No, they don't have that. What are they going to give us early? No, they do. They do have that. It is a uh, CBS early window. Greg Gumble and Trent Green on the call. So that's what we'll get early on CBS. What do we get on Fox? We get your Bears on Fox. We will get Detroit at Chicago. All right, and then the late window, we're going to get the uh, Dolphins and Green Bay. We will. Yes. So uh, you'll have to. Seattle Rams, which probably will be a better game. That's what Sunday ticket's for. That's what Sunday ticket's for, indeed. All right, we'll take a timeout. We will come back. Bama Bob joins us next. We'll go around some of the marquee games in college football, leaving out the two uh, in our state. 
Uh, boy, the weather today. Hmm. Is it supposed to be like this tomorrow? I ran into flurries on my way back home from Cedar did. Rapids last night. I ran into flurries coming to the radio station yeah. here today. It's radio, not, there's no one sideways. Not a sight you like to see. And, no. Well, I got a drive in front of me here today. Yes, you Cedar do. Falls coming up in a but few it, hours. I, I passed, or I did, and I guess we passed each other, the Baylor Bears equipment truck. Oh, really? Passed me. As I was getting leaving 36th Street exit in Ankeny, getting on the interstate. <laughs> so the Bears, uh, the Bears equipment has arrived, the Baylor Bears. We'll take a time out. Bama Bob will arrive next. We'll talk college football around the uh, college football world. Trent, Bama, and I will go when we come back here. Thanks for being with us. It's the Ken Miller Show. All of our guests on the Dr. Stephen Fuller Fuller Family Dentistry Hotline. Back with Bama Bob on 1700 The Champ. All right, welcome back. Thanks to Dave Syndicate and theheadcheese.com as we amble our way here through the uh, lunch hour. Trent and I until 1, Jimmy B and TC 1 until 2. Uh, no drive this afternoon. Trent has high school football. Give us that again, Trent. You'll be on the air. What time and what game is first? 3.40 with the pregame show, 4 o'clock kickoff. Dowling Catholic against Bettendorf in the opener in the nightcap, 7 o'clock. Southeast Polk, the Rams who mm. started... Four and five going into the playoffs. Two upset wins. They get undefeated Cedar Falls in the nightcap. We will uh, be locked and loaded for those. Any chance we get an all-CIML final? How, how can you say no to the Southeast Polk team? I didn't, didn't think they see had, either win coming. Didn't think they had a shot against Centennial. They yeah. knock off undefeated Centennial. Last week, Johnston. Oh, they can't score against Johnston. They knock off Johnston. Two road games. There'll be another one. Playing in the Unidome against Cedar Falls Indeed. tonight. Bama, you covered, good to talk to you, uh, you covered uh, high school football when you were here. It's different this year. They seed the 16 teams. Southeast Polk, based on their non-con schedule, the, the heavy heads that they played in the month of September, they were the 16 seed, Bama. They knocked off the one seed and then came back and knocked off Johnson, as Trent just said. Uh, n- new rules for college football, the way the playoffs are going this year, and a 16 seed making some noise. How about that? You gotta love it. I mean, uh, listen. I, I like. We do that in Alabama here. You know, we have North versus South, and I'll tell you, the North that just you know because of Birmingham generally in the higher classifications, you know, is, is kind of a meat grinder to get to. You know, either Jordan Hare Stadium or Bryant Denny, where they play the the what they call the Super Seven, which is the championship games for each classification over three days. But um, you know. I like it. I understand why they why they do it this way sometimes because you don't want a team having to travel. You know, our state is you know 370 miles top to bottom, north to south. So you don't want a team from Huntsville having to go to Mobile in the first round. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I do like. I mean, hey, if you know a state like Iowa, you know it's not terribly challenging travel wise. I mean, let's just put one through sixteen. But good for them knocking them off. I mean, that's great. Love Southeast Polk. Kyle. Uh, Kyle Orton. Kyle Orton's. Yep. Yeah. Covered him and down there. I mean, awesome. Indeed. Guys, let's get into college football. I don't want to spend a ton of time on this game, but I do want to ask both of your opinion on this. Uh, Wimbush is back under center for Notre Dame. Uh, Ian Book, who's been a, I don't know if he's the sole reason that this Notre Dame team is, is where they are, finding themselves right now number three in the playoff poll. He's certainly a big reason they are where they are. Any chance that uh, this team takes a step back, Bama? Again, I don't spend a ton of time, but what, what about Notre Dame? Is there an upset possibility here or no? I don't think so. I mean, not at, not in South Bend. I mean, look, two things. The committee sent Notre Dame a message. I mean, I, they moved them up to three, but they got Michigan right behind them. Okay, and you know we see this a lot in the polls. Sometimes, you know, uh, you know, two three years ago, we had all the SEC West teams prior to them playing each other. Well, these two have played each other, and I think what the committee is saying is, you know, Notre Dame, you slip up a little bit. We don't care if you beat Michigan or not; they're in and they're nipping at you. Um, 
it might be a little bit of a factor just because I think the offense changes so much. But Florida State's been so bad. And, you know, who would have thought, Ken, Notre Dame's remaining three games, Florida State, Syracuse, at USC. Who would have thought the game with Syracuse would be the toughest one of the three? That's a great point. No, it's a great point. I'm with you. But do any, what about you, Trent? Any chance of an upset here? I, I just can't see it. That offensive line is so bad for Florida State. Yeah. Uh, I guess if it's real low scoring, mm-hmm. if it's yeah, a, a 2017. I think Notre Dame just mauls them. Yeah. I mean, they, just come I, out, they run it and they too just physical. maul them. Get, get, yeah, they got a big offensive line. You know, just, just usually Florida State has more athletes, um, and they probably still do. They just don't have a good coach. <laughs> and I just think I just think Notre Dame should come out and just you know you know ground and pound. You just get this game over with in you know two hours and forty five minutes and comfortably and you know as Bill Belichick says, we're on to Syracuse. Uh, we're on to Ohio State, Michigan State here for of what matters with us. Trent, I'll go first with you. Honestly, boys, this game has. More of my attention, maybe, than anything other than the two locals. For whatever yeah. reason, I'm drawn to this game, Trent. Well, physicality throughout the years. We've seen Ohio State blow this game before. And a broken Buckeye team. After last week and that performance against Nebraska, Michigan State isn't great. They're not nearly as good. They've battled injuries themselves. But this point spread, I think, should tell you everything you know. feels like the Buckeyes should be favored by a touchdown. Mm-hmm. It's only three and a half. Yep. Something's funky here. I think Sparty gets it done. I'm going Sparty outright. Sparty outright. How about you, Bammy? You like this game? Yeah, I do. I love it, especially for early games. I'm with you. I'm all over this one. Um, I love Big Ten games like this and the weather, you know, natural grass, all this kind of thing. I mean, it's in November. I don't like it being November, Ken. Um, Listen, I think this this game to me is all about Ohio State. All the questions, you know, they lost at Purdue. They swapped through Nebraska after a bye week, of all things, uh, at home. And now... You know they're getting they're getting a you know a capable team, not a great team, but a capable you know Big Ten team uh, on the road. And we're going to find out if all this talk about Urban Meyer, you know, maybe this is last year, you know, oh maybe something's wrong in the locker room, maybe there's something else with the Zach Smith story. I mean, all these rumors flying around. We're going to find out tomorrow, I think, just how much of that's true. Because if Ohio State comes out and play like they did against Purdue on the road, then you're going to know something is wrong. If they come out and they play hard, they're the better team. They're more talented. Um, they still have more to play for. I mean, my God, they still have Michigan at the end of the year. They win that game. They're going to the Big Ten Championship. They're probably in the playoff, or potentially, uh, depending on what happens, um, maybe over a couple other games. So they still have their entire season in front of them. And we're going to find out tomorrow if all these rumors are true or not. I don't know if they are. Uh, I'm, I tend to lean with Trent. Uh, I think there is something going on in that Ohio State locker room or program or that, that we don't know about. I don't know what it is. Uh, I do like Michigan State in this game. But, look, if Ohio State comes out motivated, puts everything they have behind them, uh, they're the better team they would win. I just don't know if they will. And I, if you're going to make me pick, I'm going to take Sparty at home. Let's stay in the Big Ten. What could have been, what a lot of people thought might be, would be a preview of what we'd see in the Big Ten championship game. Wisconsin representing the West. Penn State coming out of the East. I don't think either team is going to make it to Indianapolis-Bama, so uh, unfulfilled expectations uh, could be the uh, name of this game tomorrow. Whiskey P. Uh, Penn State, how do you see it? Yeah, this is interesting. I'm with you. You know, early in the year you thought, well, you know, Michigan doesn't really have an offense. Yeah, we think Ohio State's the best team, but, you know, Penn, they got to go to Penn State, and they won that game. Penn State, listen, the tough. 
they started out flying high, and then they, you know, reality set in with, you know, Ohio State, tough loss at home on the wideout. The inexplicable loss, not inexplicable, but it's kind of surprising loss on the last play to Michigan State at home, and then the door's blown off at Michigan. Listen, you're reading all about this. Miles Sanders um, and the running backs went in and, and to the offensive line, and it was a positive message. It wasn't a negative one. They struggled to run the ball. The quarterbacks have basically been the leading rushers. I think that shows this team still together. I think they're still unified. They don't have much to play for other than pride. Uh, Hornybrook, I don't know if he's in or out. I, I know he's in concussion protocol. Uh, if they can get some energy in that stadium, I like the Nittany Lions here. I just think that they still, this is a team, I think, with some pride. Um, they do have talent. Uh, and, and I just think that the message that Sanders sent and the way that they presented it said, hey, listen, we're still together. Okay, there it wasn't a you know finger pointing thing or anything like that. So give me the Nittany Lions at home. Uh, but again, I like this game. I, I, I love these late November Big Ten, you know, kind of powerhouse games like this. Whether there's a lot on the line or not, this one's got my attention. I just I just like these kind of games. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, anything definitive on Hornibrook Trent, but mm-hmm. I do know the Sagapolo season is over. He's a huge mm-hmm. part of that defensive front. The big nose tackle there. Yeah. He's done for the year. How do you see this, Trent? You know, uh, the loser of this game will officially be the most disappointing team in the Big Ten this year. Yeah, good way to put it. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Even if Ohio State gets picked off by Michigan and Michigan State? Well, you know, coming into the year with what happened with Urban Meyer, yeah. there, there were thoughts that it could derail, mm-hmm. and that could be the case there. Fair point. Uh, Wisconsin and Penn State, I, I guess Penn State, but... I just don't like either of the teams. I don't like what's. I don't know who has motivation at this point. Division championship more than likely off the board for both of them. I guess Wisconsin still has an outside shot. I guess Penn State, but not a strong conviction on this one. I'm with Bama. I'll go. I'll go with the Nittany Lions. Let's move to the SEC. Take a uh, look at a couple of games there. Bama, Mississippi State, and uh, Alabama. We'll, we'll start there. Um, look, Alabama plays big games seemingly every week, or they have that target every week, and they come off a, a shutout 29-zip at LSU uh, at night in Baton Rouge. And any let, let down? I mean, I don't think that, I don't think Ruggs is going to play. I don't think he should. Um, what about a letdown, Bama? Yeah, I think there's a chance. I think there's a chance this game is close, is the margin on this one's less than, than last week, believe it or not. Um, I think Tua still has a little, something's wrong. I don't know what. I, don't, I think it's nagging. I don't think it's a major injury. Um, but I think there's something there. Um, you know, I don't know about Najee Harris, whether he'll play. You mentioned Ruggs. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, the, the problem is Mississippi State, they've got a really good defense. I mean, they are their defense is every bit as good, I think, as uh, LSU's. I don't think it's quite in the, in the category of Clemson. Alabama is emerging on defense. The problem Mississippi State has is they are a one-man band with Nick Fitzgerald. I mean, he's a... He's their leading rusher. He's obviously their quarterback. Um, and generally, guys like that, Alabama will take away one guy what you do best. And if that happens to be both your running and your passing game, that's generally not a good thing. I think Alabama, you know, cruises in this one, maybe on cruise control. It may be a little, it may be tighter than you think a little bit early. Um, but, you know, listen, Mississippi State's motivated. We all remember, or maybe we don't, that, that game last year in Starkville. I mean, it was down to the wire, and I think Alabama scored with you know a couple minutes left, three, four minutes, whatever it was, to pull that game out. Uh, so State's going to be motivated. I just think talent, you know, beats motivation in this one. I think Alabama wins comfortably, but I think it could start out being a little dicey. 
What about you, Trent? Yeah, I, I look at this, and uh, I'll still jump on Alabama in the first half because you never, <laughs> bet, you, you never bet against a streak. But, yeah, backdoor cover. I do want, worry, though. Letdown spot, but still, I was Mississippi State going to score? Yeah. That that offense yeah, though improving. Is it is it thirty to nothing or is it thirty eight seventeen and and you get to cover that? That's kind of where I'm sitting now. I'm more concerned about Mississippi State, so I'll just go with Alabama in the first half. But overall, let down. They're not going to play great, Alabama. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see them at their best Saturday. I think that'll be fair to say. I'm with you, Trent. We'll stay with you. The leader in the East is Georgia. They've got it locked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, Auburn is six and three. This was one of these games you you circle when the schedule comes out. Oh boy, this got a chance to really be impactful. Um, not going to have the impact that we thought maybe it would. How do you see it? Yeah, I think Georgia pretty comfortably in this one. That Auburn offensive line again, though better than the, what they were at the beginning of the year. Against Georgia's front, I just I can't see anything close happening. This one smells of just a, a boring kind of well, matter of fact victory for Georgia. Nothing overly compelling for me, but I know it's a great rivalry, right, Bama? It is. It's the oldest continuous rivalry in the Deep South, whatever the hell that means. <laughs> um, I mean, they play each other a lot, um, and every year. Listen, I'm, I'm with Trent. Auburn's running game is depleted. They just have, you know, they they didn't have a lot to start, and now, you know, the guys that they have are are really banged up. They'll play, but you know, I just Stidham has been so disappointing this year. Mm-hmm. Malzahn is just so, and his offense is just so unimaginative. And I just think Georgia, I think that loss to LSU woke them up. I know that's a cliche. Uh, they had the bye week, and then they just came out and thumped Florida. And I, I don't know. I just I think they are starting to put it together. They know now they've got the East. They also know that they really can't slip up because they're the team with the law. They know if they win out, including the win over Alabama in the SEC championship, they're going to the playoff. Uh, so they control their playoff destiny. And they but they know that if they let a game like this slip, they don't anymore. And I, I don't know. I just I'm I'm with Trent. I think this is a comfortable. I'm taking Georgia. I'm laying the point. I just don't think Auburn has enough offense, and I think Georgia does, and they've got they got the better talent. I think they got the better coach. They're playing at home. Um, listen, Georgia, I think Auburn's going to limp to the end of the season because they've got Georgia this week, and in two weeks they go to Tuscaloosa. So everything they had going for them last year where they knocked off Georgia and Alabama as number ones yep. at home, yep. it flips this year, and I think they're going to get a lot of payback. Uh, boys, we've got a Big 12, an ACC, and a Pac-12. Let's start with Bedlam. Oklahoma's a big favorite. They lead the Big 12. Oklahoma State is really a Jekyll and Hyde football team. I don't know what to make with this team. I do like their senior quarterback, who certainly waited his time, and he's finally getting uh, his payoff, uh, Cornelison. Um, Cowboys Sooners, Bama, it's Bedlam. Yeah, I can't figure this one out. I'm with you. I- I'm going to pull a Condon. I don't know. <laughs> no idea. Um, yeah, look, I, I, you would... You would like Oklahoma at home. I don't know. You know the margin is twenty-one. Um, listen, Oklahoma State. You, you thought at the beginning of the year they had that big win over Boise, yes. which I think opened both our eyes. Yep. We're like, wow, look at this. Now they've lost four or six. They're up. They're down. They beat Texas. Um, but you know, to me, this is a game about how stupid the Big Twelve is with their scheduling. This game should be the last week of the year. You should play mm-hmm. your in-state rival. The last, and I understand why Iowa and Iowa State can't. I get that. But if you're in the same conference, you should play your in-state rival the last game of the year. 
The reason they don't is they were afraid of a repeat. Well, right. guess what you're going to get this year? Maybe. A yeah. repeat. Yeah. Okay? So play the damn game at the end of the year where it should be. And, you know, listen. And, and Oh, by the way, go add two teams to your conference. But to me, that's more – that's that's the storyline, which is really isn't a storyline. I guess it's just more the frustration. Is this game – when you're having the Iron Bowl and you're having Penn State – I'm sorry, you know, Ohio State – in Michigan, and you're having Oregon, Oregon State, and Arizona, Arizona State, Washington, Washington State. You're not going to have Oklahoma and Oklahoma State on that same day. It should be, and it's not. Um, but, you know, give me the Sooners. I don't know about the margin, but I don't, you know, they, they still got a lot to play for, and they're at home, and they're better, and they have Kyler Murray. So I'll take the Sooners. Bedlam, Trent Condon. I, I like this out Oklahoma offense continually. I can't get any read at all on Oklahoma State. It feels like a big number. Probably isn't though. Mm-hmm. Big win for the Sooners. Yeah, and Bama, you 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 were right when you said that because uh, I felt the same way you did when we our eyes were open when Boise State got picked yeah. off in the fashion they did because at the time we both thought Boise State might be the best group of five team ripping the quarterbacks a pretty good squad they got blown out. Let's do the Pac-12 boys before we'll save game day and Clemson and Boston College before we get out of here. Trent Colorado is reeling, reeling. They are. Washington State has been holding their place. Finding ways to win. They're not going to find a way to win this. Colorado gets them. Upset special. Whoa. I might even play this with Northwestern both on the money line together this weekend and a lottery ticket for the weekend. That would be a big number, would it not? You get uh, 325 on Northwestern, probably about 225 on Colorado. And uh, parlay them together. That'd be a big ticket. But I just doesn't it have to end at some point for Washington State? Kind of playing with fire. I'm with you. Last couple of weeks. Yep. Is any chance at all we're going to see Chenault back? I, you know what? I don't know the answer to that question. Well, obviously, speaks, I will research. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously a huge... They get him back. They're a completely different team. No, absolutely. Just when he's been out, Bama just kind of... Uh, uh, emphasizes what he means to that program. Right. When he doesn't play, they're not the same team. How do you see this, Bama? Yeah, I'm 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 with Trent a little bit. I I don't. I think it's a dangerous spot for Washington State. And look, the the, the big picture. I, I don't say it doesn't mean anything to them, but they can afford a loss and still control their own destiny. Now, it, what it would do is it would force them to have to beat Arizona at home next week for the Apple Cup to be for the for the Pac-12 North. Uh, I still I don't think they're a legitimate playoff team. I, mean, I know they're eighth or whatever they are, and you know maybe teams move up and down. I just think. I don't think they're a legitimate contender for the playoffs. So mm-hmm. this this isn't a make or break for their season. If they win, then you know, then they can lose at Arizona and then still, you know, win outright against Washington in the last game of the year. But you're right. They, I mean, they are kind of they're playing with fire a little bit the last couple of weeks. Uh, maybe it catches them if Chenault plays. I, I would probably. I don't know. If, <laughs> I might take the money line with Trent. Uh, if he doesn't, then uh, I'm going to probably stick with the Cougars. It was a tough game uh, here for, for Washington State, but one that still gives them – listen, I think their whole goal is Pac-12 North. I think that's it. They get, to the, they get to the end of the year, either a game ahead or tied with Washington going into that last game, uh, and, and I think that's a successful season. So I will, uh, I will take the Cougars to win uh, unless Chenault plays, and then uh, I, I think I'd be tempted – to, uh, to take the Buffaloes. Win this, you know, losing streak's got to be at some point. 
It does. It does. That that money line parlay that I mentioned. Yes. Twelve to one. It pays. Nice, nice. And Chenault is day to day. This was as of yesterday. So uh, nothing. Aren't definitive. we all? Yes, we are indeed, <laughs> Bama. Yes, uh, we'll say uh, we'll uh, get the Clemson uh, Boston College right now. Bama game day is going to be there. Um, Boston College is a, is a sneaky good team. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Dylan's yeah. a really good running back. Clemson has been playing outstanding football right now. A um, lot on the line in this one. It's the or is there? I mean, four and one. Clemson could afford to lose this game and not lose their spot, right? They 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 would remain on top of the Atlantic, even though Boston College would have the tiebreaker. I no, they both have one loss, so no, that wouldn't be the case. Um, Clemson, BC, Bama. Yeah, well, I mean, BC, Clemson's undefeated in the conference. Boston College with one loss, yep. so technically, BC controls their fate in the yep. Atlantic. Now they still have Florida State and Syracuse after this, <laughs> but. You know, listen, yeah, and Clemson's got cold. South Carolina. That's why they've played one more conference game. Yep. Exactly. Yep. Uh, you know, listen, it's going to be cold. It's going to be windy. I don't know if that helps BC or not because generally that means ground game, you know, with a guy like A.J. Dillon who's mm. been fantastic. Yep. But, man, that Clemson front is just they're, – they're, they're an NFL front. I mean, they are really, really good, probably the best front in college football. I just don't think – listen, BC's got a great season. Uh, can an upset happen? Yes, we've seen crazy things happen at night in funny places, and this is an odd place for game day to be this late in the year. Uh, who would have thought? With all the you know, look at all the other games we've got that we've already talked about, and they're in Boston for Clemson at BC. That tells you kind of where we are for the season. Mm-hmm. You know, that said, I just think Clemson is the second best team in the country. They're going to find a way to win this. They could cover the twenty. Um, I don't know if they will. I think it's just this is just a get in, get out kind of game for Clemson. It'll be tough. Be tougher than you know maybe the any team they played since Syracuse. But I'm taking the Tigers. No way I'm picking an upset in this one. How about you, Trent? Yeah, I, I think uh, a workmanlike effort here. I'm not going to score 60, 70 points like they have in the past. No A.J. Dillon. If he's not able to go, that's going to be a big impact. Too. Oh, is he, has he been declared out? He, he hasn't been. Ankle injury, though. Uh-huh. And if he does go, how effective it's is he going to be? It's kind of a Bryce Love thing. You know? Yeah, I, that, that's a big concern. I, I would have liked Boston College a lot more if he was healthy to even pull the upset here. But maybe they'll keep it within that number. Still Clemson the right side, I think. All right, boys, let's find a sneaky good game. Give me one under the radar. Trent Condon, you go first. Under the radar for this weekend, how about we go to the Big 12? You're going to go where I'm going. Don't do it. Don't do it, boys. Are we going to be all on the same page? Where are you going? Uh, I'm going to love it. So am I. (laughs) All right. All right. West Virginia. Okay. TCU. Yeah, a bad TCU team. But after that big victory, letdowns, we'll see. Keep an eye on that one. All right, Bama, steal my thunder. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Texas at Texas Tech. Yeah. You know, listen, uh, it's just a tough place to win. Um, you know, Texas, I don't want to say they're reeling, but, you know, tough to turn off the loss. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, listen, we've talked about it before. Lubbock, funny things happen mm-hmm. out there. And, uh, listen, they'll be fired up for the Longhorns, that's for sure. And, you know, Texas a little bit down. Is there a hangover? I don't know. Uh, but, yeah, that's my sneaky good one in the Big 12. Well, that's where I was going to go, so I'll go somewhere else. And for those reasons, Bam, I'm with you on that game. 
and this isn't a sneaky good game. It's it's in fact it's far from a good game, but I'm going to pay attention to it because I was next to opponents collide Illinois at Nebraska in the early window. So I'll watch Ohio State, Michigan State, and then get my fill of Illinois, Nebraska during commercial breaks. Based on the simple fact that the Hawks get a quick scouting, a quick scout maybe on Illinois, Nebraska a week in advance of that one. Bama Monday at 11:35 will reconvene. We'll recap what we saw as we head into the gulp final two weeks <laughs> of the regular season in college football. Hate it. Bama, have a good weekend, pal. Thank you. Yeah, thanks a lot. And everybody enjoy the high school games tonight. Y'all do a great job covering that. And get out and go watch, go support them if you can. Good stuff. If you can't, listen to Trent Conn and Doom on the uh, 1700 The Champ. <laughs> See you, Bama. Take care, guys. Take care. Bama Bob. Follow him on Twitter at Bama Bob. B-A-M-A Bob. B-O-B. At Bama Bob. We'll take a time out. Our picks are coming up next. Trent and I until 1. Jimmy B and TC from 1 to 2. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 The Champ. Welcome back. It's our final segment of the week. We've got our pick segment coming up. We'll get the standings uh, momentarily here. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about The Attic. The Attic in Ankeny. Uh, name brands at fraction of the new, of new. The Attic has an incredible selection of furniture and decor just in time to spruce up your home for the holidays. If you're looking for that special piece, stop on by and take a look. My bet is that you're going to find it at The Attic. They are open seven days a week. The Attic 1509 South Ankeny Boulevard in Ankeny. Check them out online as well. TheAtticInc.co, TheAtticInc.co, a unique shop featuring new and consigned furniture and home decor. TheAtticInc.co, 1509 South Ankeny Boulevard. They are open seven days a week. Do you have the standings, Trent Condon? That I do, and you continue to pull away. 30, 19, and 1 against the number. That's pretty good. That's really good. Now, you're not as good as Jim Brinson. What's he? He's 31 and 18. He's got that's, you by a half game. That's amazing. He started off the year like he has gone, what is it, 25 and 25 and no, 26 and four, I think it is, over the last six weeks. He just, winners. Who's helping him? Because he was nobody, because I we give him the team. games like right before we go on the air. Really? So it's he, complete luck. It's off the top of his head. And maybe that's the key. Don't mm-hmm. overthink it. Right. Which is great for Brinson. Yeah, because he has trouble thinking about right, anything. Right. Overthink and Jim Brinson, those two words don't go together. We're not, we're not just picking, we're picking against the spread. Right. And it's this 24 is the, and 6, the actual number. 24 and 6, though. That's nuts. Yeah. That's good. Good for him. I remember when we worked together, it was like week after week. How do you do this, Brinson? Who is helping you? You're not that smart. You don't pay attention. And week after week, four and one, five and oh, bad weeks, three and two. Maybe that's the way to do it, though. <laughs> because, I mean, we talk and we dissect these games over and yeah. over in every angle. And he comes in <laughs> and goes five and oh. <laughs> five and oh. All right, let's get to it, shall we? Our picks are, uh, well, it's, it's my tee box, right? It is four and one week for you again last week. I, I don't like this week. By the Ooh. way, do you, going into it, do you like the week? Uh, I to be honest, I haven't studied it very much uh, this week. I've been a little busy. I've been busy, and you know, I'm in some contests. I'm feeling terrible about those. I just don't have a good feeling. This well, is going to be ugly. Take a page out of Brinson. Ah, book. yeah, just look at him and pick. Well, I'll know very quickly. In fact, I'll know by the end of the night how my week's going to go because I've oh. got a couple of games on the docket. Both of them, uh, two of them tonight, including my best bet: uh, Syracuse and Villanova. Villanova, Syracuse and Louisville. <laughs> I wrote down Ville. Um, 
Louisville's awful. The Petrino, I don't know if they can fire him, as we discussed early in the week, with the uh, financial burdens on that athletic department with the basketball program. They owe Petrino a lot of money, but can they afford not to fire him? Syracuse is really good. I hope they're not looking forward ahead to next week at Yankee Stadium uh, in that big, big spot against Notre Dame next week. Syracuse is a 20.5-point favorite. Louisville has been getting crushed each and every week. I'm going to say this week is no different. Syracuse is at home. They're better in the Dome. I'll take Syracuse late at the 20 and a half. Pick number two to tomorrow night. It's that game we talked about a little bit ago, Texas and Texas Tech. I just think Texas has more talent. I think Texas is going to put it together. Hopefully if they put it together this week, not next week. I just Maybe that's my heart getting in the way because I want Iowa State, obviously, uh, to have an impact on the Big 12 before it's over. So I'll take Texas, lay the point, uh, point and a half over Texas Tech. That game, as we know, is in Lubbock. Longhorns not feeling real good about it, but I'm going to take it. My best bet of the night tonight uh, is a game in the Mountain West Conference and two teams with really good records. And we talked about Boise State as a Jekyll and Hyde team earlier. They're 7-2. and two which on the surface is really good. But the Oklahoma State shellacking opened my eyes. Uh, Utah State and Boise State, they will collide. They play in the Mountain Division of the Mountain West. That game's coming up in two weeks. Uh, Fresno right now is 8-1. They're really good. They're unbeaten in conference. Fresno is a three-point three favorite. I'm going to lay the points. Take Fresno State on the Blues turf tonight. I think it's a 9-15 kick ESPN2. My best bet of the week is Fresno State. To the pros we go. A couple of favorites to to pass out here. The Chargers are legit. The Raiders aren't. Raiders are tanking. Uh, the Chargers are poised, I think, to make a make the playoffs. Maybe if things go their way, if this Chiefs thing falls apart, I don't see that happening. But the Chargers, uh, they're right there with them. Chargers minus nine and a half over Oakland, and then pick number two in the NFL. I don't. This is the best game remaining, in my opinion. New Orleans and Cincinnati. New Orleans is such an offensive juggernaut. The number's four and a half. Since he needs the game, New Orleans needs the game. I'll take the Saints, lay the four and a half. Uh, New Orleans minus four and a half. Chargers minus nine and a half. Texas minus a point and a half. Syracuse laying a lot of lumber, 20 and a half. And Fresno State, my best bet, minus three. Five favorites, Trent Condon. I don't like that, but here we are. All right, well, you've been winning, and you are definitely making money for the people out there. I'm treading water, just a shade over 525, 24, and 1. Let's try to do better this week, and we start in college football. We go to the ACC, where Georgia Tech faces Miami. Miami season certainly has gone sideways. Now you're taking on the triple option. How invested are these guys? Fundamentally sound? Eh, Probably not. Georgia Tech can score. Give me the Yellow Jackets. I'll lay the field goal in game number one. Game number two, we go to Cincinnati, where the Bearcats are a two-touchdown favorite against South Florida. Two teams going in opposite directions. Both teams got off to undefeated starts in the American Athletic Conference. One loss. Since then, it's gone south for South Florida. They have collapsed. Cincinnati, though, bounced back after their loss and have been continuing to play well. Two teams going in opposite directions. I'll lay the two touchdowns. Tampa boys have checked out. Give me the Bearcats. I'll stay in Cincinnati for the NFL. Same spot as you. Mm-hmm. But I'm grabbing the points Are here. you? little letdown spot. Cincinnati's okay. You, I had it at five and a half. You had it at four and a half. Let's see here where uh, we currently are. Make sure we get the correct odds as we always like to do. Currently, we always do at CG Technology. And it is, it's five. 
So we'll, we'll play Split it right the in the difference. middle. Split the difference. We'll do five in this one. I'll grab the five. Hopefully it's not going to matter either way. Boy, I'd hate to be a four or five point or really? six point game. And, and it matters, but we will take Cincinnati. And finishing up in the NFL, grabbing Jacksonville, week off after their trip to London. Usually a good spot. You get a field goal against the Colts. We'll see if this is the comeback game for Jacksonville. And my best bet of the week, last week, game of the century, LSU against Alabama. We know how it went. Now you got Arkansas. They're bad. It's a bad team. Less than two touchdowns, though. Something fishy here. Give me the Razorbacks, my Mm. best bet of the week, plus the 13 and a hook. Again, Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Cincinnati in college. Cincinnati in the NFL and the Jaguars, my picks of the week. Get in the car. Yes. Get out of here. Off you go to the Dome. Jimmy B and TC coming up next. You'll do that, I'm guessing, from the car at some point. <laughs> uh, but we'll muddle through that and then get you to the Dome. You're on the air at 340 today. Dowling is first. Then at what, about 730 for the second game? Yeah, 7 o'clock. 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock what they shoot for. Probably yeah. going to be more like 715 or so. Yep. But I'll be up there and ready to roll with my buddy Gary Steenblock. A uh, Dowling parent who's been helping me with the Dowling games the last couple of years. And Bettendorf in Game 1 against Dowling. Game 2, Southeast Polk Cedar Falls. Iowa City for you tomorrow? Yeah, I will be. In Oof. fact, I'm going on a Friday night. Oh. I have not been to Iowa City on a Friday night in decades. <laughs> Putting the fun reader in the red zone? Well, I'm not going to get there until midnight, and I'm I'm already dead. I well, mean, your I'm, voice I, is almost shot. Yeah, so calling, now going out and slugging beers when I get there and trying to catch up to the guys that <laughs> Probably just need to go to the hotel and go to bed. Probably a good move. We'll be back on Monday to recap the entire weekend. Thank you for being here with us. High school football action coverage against today at 340. We've got both semifinals live from the Dome. For Trent Con and Ken Miller, thank you for being here with us. It's the Ken Miller Show on 1700 The Champ.